You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here with another episode of Living the Retirement Lifestyle. We are recording this from the Costa del Sol in Spain and our guest today is the most beautiful and adorable Dr. Andrea Pennington who is in France in the most beautiful place there in Cannes and we've been there it's it's fantastic we're all melting at the moment with the heat but she's very kindly after much much asking agreed to come and speak with us and talk to you about what life is like after 50s so Thank you and welcome, Dr. Andrea. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, yes. Susan. It's always good to connect. It's been a long time and happy it, birthday. Thank you. It has been a long time. I think it was about three years ago we connected in London and I came and grabbed you as you came off stage. I remember and recorded a video because you were talking about branding, which yes. is something really close to our heart. And when you combine branding and storytelling, there's nothing better so can you let everyone know a little bit about your history where you come from and where you are and what you do sure well I am an American and I live in the south of France as you mentioned and I've had kind of a windy road of learning to follow my heart and heal and really embrace my my destiny if you will um, I trained as a medical doctor and also did acupuncture training. And for a long time in America, I was on TV every day. So I was created a wellness center and I was doing broadcast media for Discovery Health Channel and, and then did all the major networks. But I wasn't really feeling fulfilled because there, there are three parts of me. So there's the creative part of me. I'm an actor, singer, I create all sorts of things. So I was working in television and that satisfied the creator. I'm also a super nerd. So as a physician, I was studying a lot of positive psychology. I've studied neuroscience, like really helping people understand the mind-body connection and how to heal, not just as a medical doctor, but like healing trauma and, and these sorts of things. But then there's this third part of me that is really probably the, the predominant part of me, and that's this spiritual mystic. And I got to a point in my career where I was balancing left brain and right brain, doing the creative stuff on TV, hosting documentaries in my wellness center. But I was starting to realize that a lot of my clients and patients were not thriving, not just because they had some organic disease, it was because there was like a soul ache or a disconnection from the authentic self. And the more that I started to explore that, I realized I was missing that as well. And uh, at the time, I worked with people who had substance use disorder and eating disorders. And even though I didn't have either of those problems, I was suffering with like depression and I could see that there was a mirror between what my patients were experiencing and what I was experiencing. And that was, Getting down to the root, there was this lack of self-love and a lack of authentic self-expression. And so for the, the last 20 years, I really started to move deeper and deeper into understanding this whole mind-body-spirit connection. And ultimately, uh, I did follow my soul. I moved to the south of France in 2010 with my daughter. 
and it was really, it was not for a job, it was not for a man, which everybody asks. It was literally because my soul just feels at home here. I mean, you've been here, of course it's beautiful, but there's something that happens as soon as I land. It's like every cell in my body, my heart and my soul just says, ah, I'm home. And I feel accepted here, I feel creative here. And when I first moved here, I just sort of downsized. I had a very big life in America and just sort of lived simply, started doing a little bit of consulting work. And then slowly I was invited to speak and help other people do what I did. People who wanted to know how to publish books and how to do TV and, and get on stage. And that ended up opening the door for me creating uh, a company called Make Your Mark Global which is now a boutique agency that provides wow. personal branding, marketing, documentary film, and training. Like we train light workers to be public speakers, to do TED Talks, all this, that sort of thing. And it was really nice because it was, it was simple. It was stuff I've been doing, you know, for years. And, but just really getting to focus on the spiritual entrepreneur. And that was kind of like what brought all of my creativity together. So that's what brought me to the south of France. That's what brought me to that stage at Expert Empires where I met you. I was talking about branding, but authentic branding that really you know, aligns with heart and soul. And now, uh, since you and I last spoke, I am now offering retreats and workshops and one-on-one -on -one sessions with psychedelics. Because in my own healing journey, I started sitting in ceremony um, with the sacred medicine known as ayahuasca and yahe from the Amazon, and then with psilocybin mushrooms. And I went through just an amazing healing process of kind of getting rid of like the last bits of oppression and depression that I experienced as a child. And one of my ceremonies was after my mother had a stroke, and I know you both know this, she had dealt with Alzheimer's for a very long time, and then had a stroke in 2020 in the height of COVID, and I couldn't fly home to America to see her. And when I spoke to the ICU doctor, he was like, don't even bother. By the time you get here, she'll be gone. And you couldn't get into the ICU anyway because of COVID. But what was interesting is that she, she lasted. She was, somehow she made some, a bit of recovery. And I had gotten a ticket to go to America the following year, so about nine months after her stroke. And I sat in ceremony with psilocybin mushrooms and I connected with the soul of my mother. And I was speaking French to her for a couple of hours and I remember just saying, hold on, I've got this ticket, I'm coming, hold on. And sure enough, I got to America and I got to say goodbye to my mother. And then after her passing, to really process the grief, I sat in ceremony with ayahuasca. And it was just something about really like giving back some of the unhealed trauma that my mom had from her childhood and, and beyond. And I came out of it knowing like, I've been working in trauma for 20 plus years and there's been nothing this profound as these sacred earth medicines. And it was, last year that I decided that I would get certification and training to serve MDMA, psilocybin, and ketamine, which right now in America, ketamine is the only legal uh, substance, but soon the FDA in America will approve 
uh, MDMA and psilocybin. And so I decided that I really wanted to be able to add that to my retreats to really help the people who need it and want it to heal that trauma and also even using it for personal expansion because yes, I, I recommend breath work and, and meditation and chanting, all of which really can get us into expanded states of consciousness. But for some of us who have been hiding or suppressing a lot of trauma, these psychedelics can be helpful. So that's, that's a bit about where I've been, what I'm up to and where I am now. Wow. But I love that about what you said because, you know, we talked just before we went live, you know, you're 51 now. You've gone through a transition from your career path of all the things you've done that gave you a lot of fulfillment and helped a lot of people in that side of your life. And now you've gone, well, what, where, where can I go? Where can I use those existing skills that I had in that career path and do something that I really love and actually is going to benefit a lot of people? And it's the conversations we have, too, when people come and approach us and they go, you know, I just don't know what I want to do in my retirement years. And I put it like that because having read a book very recently about the Japanese not having the word retirement in their vocabulary, we started to think very differently about it. And we believe that everyone has some talent there that they can bring out and have a lot of pleasure in those later years and a lot of fulfillment yes. and live a lot longer because of it. They'll be a lot, lot better healthily, mentally, physically. And happy. And happy. Yes. Um, it's, it's lovely to hear you say that because it just like fills in the little gaps that we can't often fill for people. Yeah, but what you describe is exactly what science is showing us. So you mentioned the Japanese, and, and we know that in Okinawa, for example, that's one of the blue zones, that's one of the places with the highest number of centenarians on the planet. Yeah. And when you look at the Japanese culture, and you're right, they don't have this concept of retirement because of this, this word ikigai, which loosely translates to life purpose. Yeah. And, and then when I look back on Americans, so in the Japanese culture and other cultures, just because you finish work doesn't mean you're put out to pasture. You find something else. Either you become an elder and you're caring for, um, you're transferring knowledge or you're caring for young people or you're, you're mentoring um, working people. But in America, for example, we noticed medically that many people would go into retirement. They might have fun that first year. They get to play golf. They get to go here and there. But then the rate of mortality for people who didn't feel they have a sense of purpose was incredible. And so when you look at these two cultures, and there have been a number of studies on it, we do find that you don't have to necessarily have a job, but you have to feel like you have a purpose, this sense of engagement in life. And for me, it just happens to be that, yeah, I'm going through this year-long certification and relicensure and doing things that are... Um, work-related, but you can also do things that are a passion project, and that gives you the sense of vitality uh, and purpose to live. It absolutely does, and, and you couldn't have hit the nail on the head better <laughs> because of what we've been writing about recently in our social media, in our emails, 
and why we actually transitioned ourselves. Um, when we first met you, we were doing a lot of work in the education and training mm -hmm. side, helping people get started with new businesses, online businesses. But we reached this point really weirdly, a bit like you with your mum. It was us with my mum because we became carers through her later life, um, Alzheimer's and then her cancer and her passing very recently. And we started to think, well, what is it we really want to do? Is that what we really want to do forever? Yes, we have the skills to teach that side of it, but it isn't what really fulfills us. And we wanted to do something that does. And bringing all those things together and a huge amount of research, particularly over helping people perhaps not get Alzheimer's, because there's mm. no, we know there's no cure for it. But what if there was a way they could be more healthy, mentally alert, and slow that process down? Because they're actually forecasting that a huge percentage of the population are going to have some form of dementia in later life. And it just came to us and we found the right thing. We switched from what we were doing, pivoted, I think is the word. Yep. Yeah. Um, into um, mental wellness. We mm. saw what was going on in the pandemic years. We saw the stress financially, the stress mentally and physically. And we thought if people can heal their bodies themselves in some way holistically, then how much better is their later life going to be? And how much more can they add? to the well-being of the world, if you like, if you want to look at the biggest picture. Yeah, they can help other people. Yeah, and that's why I love what, why you do what you do, because it just so aligns with our thinking. And I don't know whether we're the few on the planet that think like this or whether it's a growing population. What do you think? I do think it's a growing population. Um, I've been really encouraged, in fact, especially even in the medical community, that people are recognizing that you don't need to just push pills. We can heal a lot. We can actually prevent a lot of age-related diseases. And before I shifted my medical practice, my last certification was in age management medicine, which is where we optimize hormones, stress management, exercise, nutrition, and all of that to wow. extend the health span. Of course, we want to expend, extend your lifespan, but it's really the health span that's most important so that your later years, like you just described, you're full of health, you're full of vitality, you're actually happy, you, you feel fulfilled, and you're making a difference in other people's lives. And as it pertains to cognitive decline and Alzheimer's, like we know it's true there is not a, a cure per se, but we do know that there are things that we can change ourselves, like not eating a lot of processed food and sugar, getting more regular exercise, and using your brain. Even if it's playing games or playing bridge or in engaging with other people in conversation, if you just shut down and, and only watch television, for example, or streaming services, we know that the rate of your mental decline is going to be higher than if you're engaged. And, you know, my mother, on her side of the family, she had a long history of people who had Alzheimer's or an Alzheimer's type dementia. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is, if we look back at all of her siblings, 
my mother grew up in British Guyana and all of her siblings developed dementia some as early as in their 40s wow. and some of my cousins are dealing with that my mother who immigrated to Great Britain she became a nurse then immigrated to the United States and became a doctor so she was really kind of up on health nutrition and fun my mother loved to dance and like <laughs> she had this work-life balance thing down but the interesting thing is she did not show cognitive decline until she was in her 70s so yes she did have Alzheimer's but she got it way later than any of her her family members so and we know that we know that even meditation can help to you know put more telomere length in there and telomeres are the little end caps on your dna that help you so we know that there are ways that we can protect the brain we can protect the body so i think you guys are in definitely in the right lane for people over 50 like there's so much we can do before we have to rely on on medical western medical stuff i know i agree we, we were talking with um a colleague of ours that um, we work with in the business that we work with, um, Dr. Sean Talbot, and uh, he, he was saying, we, we were about to have him on our podcast and then he, he couldn't do it, but we're going to get him back. But he was talking about, you can't add years to your life, but you can add life to your years. And I, I, I totally agree with what you say. You know, if we can improve our health, then we're in such a better position because healthcare in the States is, is horrendously high. Um, we're very lucky in the UK. We have, you know, the National Health Service. France, you have amazing social security, um, healthcare, um, and a lot of Europe too. But it worries me that people are going to get to those later life years and actually not be able to afford to even have the health care that they need. But if they take action now, yeah. how could that improve their longevity and their enjoyment of their family and their children and their grandchildren? I, I don't know. I've just become really passionate about this and I was so excited that we were actually going to get you on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad you're excited about it and that you're taking the empowered stance because I know too many people who who have said including in my own family who've said oh well you know what do I really have to look forward to I mean everybody you know is getting older and it's like yeah but the quality yes we're all getting older but like what you just said the quality of your life and the quality of your death is something to consider absolutely and I think it was really taking like you talking about your mom it was us taking care of my mom she didn't get um, a diagnosis of her early onset alzheimer's and dementia she had two forms together but she didn't get that till her mid 80s but do you wow. know from the time that she officially <laughs> retired she remarried she traveled the world wow. she used ipads she learned how to use ipads she even went to teach other people older how to use iPads. She went back to um, U3A in the UK, which is university for older people. Oh, she wow. She did a course on computer science, which is 
crazy. She could awesome. take the computer to bits. And it was just, and I think that really helped her. And we want through our podcasts and the people that we talk to, just to really inspire others to know that, you know, this is not a sit back and wait for the end time of life. This is not a time to be financially hard up. Yeah. Not a time to be sick and no, tired. The challenge though is people don't love change. And if they've been stuck in their job, career, whatever it is, and maybe enjoying it, but then they get towards their later years and they start to think about, well, what's the future hold for me? What maybe retirement be? And what am I you no know, what do I see in my future? Maybe they look at their finances and go, well, maybe it's not quite as good as I thought it was going to yeah. be. And maybe I'm not going to have to be able to fulfill those dreams. But mm. people have to find a way to change, don't they? They have to be able to change this. And I think maybe the age thing is a, is one, one thing that holds people back, but certainly change is another. I mean, maybe you've seen that sort of thing in people as well, but you've seen them change. Yeah, I think the mindset and, and just recognizing that change is hard for a lot of us and it is scary for a lot of us. But if you look at sort of the, the research, okay, I admitted already I'm a nerd, but when you look at the research around change, generally in the beginning when someone decides they're ready to change, because of course you might know you need to change and not be ready. But once you say that you're ready for change or you realize it's inevitable, there's oftentimes a great deal of fear or resistance. And what we have to just normalize is letting people understand that that's part of the change process. So don't think that, oh, because there's resistance or fear, I'm just going to back down. Just know that that's part of the process and that we as humans can grow and evolve over our entire lifetime and that you will, if you stick with it, you will get over that hump of resistance and just be willing to adopt a different mindset, a more of a mindset of, of curiosity. Like, okay, I'm going into the unknown here. This is a new hero's adventure. What am I gonna, what am I gonna face? And then maybe look for allies. You know, as we cross over the threshold in the, the hero's journey, usually we find a mentor. And that's why I'm grateful that you, are, you all are doing what you're doing because you're serving, your podcast will serve as a, a type of mentor that might help people cross over that threshold, move beyond the fear and into this unknown world, but at least they're not alone. Mm, wow. Oh, I, think, I like that. I think, yeah, I mean, that re I mean, storytelling, I love it. I love the hero's journey and it's, it's fantastic. And I think if more people understood that journey and that just about everyone goes through it in some way shape or form and they have to find the right connections as they go along that journey because the destination who knows what it is we none of us know do we it's just incredible now I, before i let you go i have to ask you about one of my favorite books which is your self-love book so can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that personally, I think will help a lot of people come to realize where they can start on a new journey. Yes, self-love, yeah, near and dear to my heart because I lived it like I, I described in the intro. 
Um, one of the things I noticed, as I said, about people who were overcoming addiction and, and all sorts of challenges from their past, I noticed that if they didn't have a foundation of self-love, they would not thrive. And even if we're 50, 60, or whatever, I have a lot of people in our real self-love community, which is a, a free movement that I started years ago. I find that many people are able to finally get to a place of self-love. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I outline a five-step process that I have now taught everywhere around the world, including at the University of Monaco. And it, what it gives you, it, it just gives you this stable framework to move through these five stages of self-discovery. We start off with discovery because you have to learn how you've been programmed. So, you know, Chris, you were just talking about like that, that mindset, like, is it fear or is it just the mindset? Well, our mindset comes through our life experiences and most of it is shaped in our childhood and in our family of origin. And so maybe you've seen people grow up and then age and die in a certain way and you might believe that that's inevitable. But if you start to peel back the layers of programming, you can find that, no, it's not inevitable. I have a, I have a, a say in this. And so we take people through these five steps of self-discovery, learning who you really are, letting go of who you are not, and maybe you were molded and folded in, into a certain shape and form, but you can actually remold and remake yourself. And as we move through that, that self-love journey, I found that people get rid of excess weight, <laughs> and I'm not just talking physical weight, but like the baggage that they've carried from their, their childhood, the emotional wounds, but also some of the dead weight in, in people and relationships. And that's allowed them to like embrace life. Because you know, when you really think about, about it, you know, you, you mentioned the destination, like we all know where our ultimate destination is. You don't, may not know if it's heaven or hell or if it's reincarnation, but you know that at some point, this precious human vessel is going to grow old and it will die. It will stop functioning. And that we, we absolutely cannot escape. But it is this quality of life. And when you start to recognize that this is your life, that you get to be the, the director, the author of your life story, even if you're 50 or 60 or 70 years old, that is hugely empowering. And, and so that's what, I, that's what I write about, that's what I teach about all around the world. And it's, it's beautiful because once you reclaim this sense of power and sovereignty, you are in a position to give back more, whether that's in your local community, your family, or the world at large. So. Uh, that is absolutely fabulous. And to close this out, because I found something that you said that absolutely sums up your philosophy on life, our philosophy on life is you have the power to reclaim authority of your life and thrive. I really think that is so important. Like you say, we know not when that end will come. We know it will come. But let's give the best that we have. Let's use what we have and leave a legacy for the following generations. Andrea, thank you so so much for joining us Thank today really appreciate it. um uh, it's really touched my heart how much you've been able to help our, our viewers and our listeners i think you've inspired many many people oh absolutely I, I can't wait to i can't wait to 
get to your part of the world in France because we are about to start traveling now. Um, Good. It's going to be fantastic. We hope we can have you back again for another another episode because there's so much more I want to ask you about. <laughs> Absolutely. But it would be a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Living the Retirement Lifestyle. And we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you for joining us. Bye. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley.